welcome back everyone tuning in again i hope all y'all still been having a good day as i welcome you to the second episode of the young cast i'm omar but y'all can just refer to me as mar young mar whatever you prefer one syllable off make it making it easier for y'all so you're welcome but anyways today's episode is special uh if you tuned in last time you know i was talking about uh trying to land an interview with one of uh, one of the producers of cowspiracy and i wasn't too optimistic about it but hey guess what your boy got the interview. You already know I had to pull some strings for the content. So I managed to get a hold of one of the producers, uh, Keegan Kuhn. And yes, it's pronounced like that. But anyways, this interview ended up lasting around 30 minutes. But uh, in order to please the Grandmasters, a.k.a. Karen, Alana, and Irv, I uh, had to cut it down, compiled a little less than like 15 minutes in the greatest segments. So uh, yeah, another thing to keep in mind, this was recorded over Skype, so at some parts the audio was uh, was a bit scuffed, but nonetheless, nothing we can really do about it, and, you know, this time, this time and age of whatever the hell's going on. So, uh, yeah, I hope whoever's listening can learn something from this and enjoy. Okay, so with me today is the co-director of the rather controversial Cowspiracy documentary. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself real quick? Yeah, my name is Keegan Kuhn. I'm the co-director of Cowspiracy, the Sustainability Secret. Uh, as you said, a controversial documentary on Netflix about food and our relationship to the planet. That's great. Uh, I'm a couple years late, of course, but I just saw the movie after a friend recommended it to me, and I got to say, I'm 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 shocked about what was represented or what was presented. Sorry, and it was a great job, by the way. It was a great production. It made me think a lot about the current state of our world, so I'm glad I could get in contact with you because I've been to talk about it. Thanks, I appreciate that. Yeah, so I just want to start off by asking about First Spark Media. How did you uh, start that journey and, and develop your brand? So First Spark Media is my production company. I started it uh, about 10 years ago. I was mm-hmm. doing short videos for nonprofit organizations, um, pretty much trying to help anybody doing good work reach a wider audience. And that very quickly turned into doing short films and in a really short period of time doing feature-length documentaries. So the first feature documentary mm-hmm. I did was called Turlock, and it's about the largest animal rescue, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the largest animal rescue in California history, second largest in U.S. history. And it was 50,000 egg-laying chickens were abandoned in a factory farm and left to starve to death. So we did a feature Damn. documentary about uh, the attempts to rescue as many of those animals and getting them to safety. Uh, and from there, it just blossomed to doing more and more feature documentaries. So we've done uh, six. That's great. It's actually, I keep doing what you're doing. It's- shedding a light on something I don't think a lot of people get to get to learn about. So considering I've seen it late, what have you seen like change in the world since the movie was actually made regarding this topic? So as far as, yeah, regarding the topic, you know, some of the organizations that we featured in the film have now yeah. started to begin to talk about animal agriculture, which is great. It's really encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a larger conversation around animals and food, which I think is really important. There's, I think the film hit at the right time where people are ready to hear this information. And so you can't really talk about um, 
food and climate change without bringing up how destructive animal agriculture is and raising cows, pigs, sheep, chickens, goats, ducks, on and on. Um, sure. As far as the situation, though, for the environment, and sadly, it's gotten worse. You know, in the six years since we released Cowspiracy, more animals have been bred on the planet. Their environmental impact is even greater. You know, you, when you, we, there's headline news around the world with the Amazon burning, and yet they still didn't talk about the fact that the re leading cause of Amazon fire in the last few years has been for clearing land to make room for livestock. So farmers down at, uh, yeah. everywhere in the world, really, but in, in South America, and the Amazon base in particular, burn the forest to make room to graze livestock or grow the crops that are fed to those livestock. And so this mm -hmm. situation is just continuing to get worse uh, around the world. It's the only way it's really going to change is when people decide to no longer support an industry that is killing our planet. So, why do you think these uh, big or organizations keep information like this uh, almost hidden? Like, do you think there's some sort of agenda, some something bigger going on that they don't actually want to speak upon? Or yeah, so in, in the United States, we have a number of laws. Um, there's the mm -hmm. Animal Enterprise Terrorism Act, and this law says that anyone who disrupts the business of an animal enterprise is committed an act of terrorism. And so you could, That's crazy. You could argue that these are musicians. Oh, it's totally crazy. It's, yeah. you know, somebody who yeah. rescues a chicken from a farm is committed an act of terrorism because they're disrupting the business. But the, the law is so vaguely <laughs> written that every vegan and vegetarian is committing an act of terrorism because we're disrupting the business of an animal enterprise by, by boycotting their industry and products. So you could make an argument that these organizations are afraid of the legal pushback that if they start talking about this, it could be the fact that we have a history of um, repression in the United States against people who speak out against this. Um, Oprah Winfrey back in the 80s was sued by a group of Texas cattlemen because she said she would never eat another hamburger again and the beef sales dropped and so these cattlemen sued her over it um, and you figure if you know one of the most powerful people in media can be sued by a bunch of cattlemen and almost win then what chances do uh, you know Greenpeace or Sierra Club but I think the mm -hmm. real reason why they don't talk about this is because they themselves are part of that you know they eat animals and so how could you really tell people not to eat animals if you're not willing to make those changes yourself and I think this is part of like the larger mm -hmm. environmental issue is that people don't want to make changes you know you can tell somebody to recycle and you know, oh yeah it's easier or drive a you know electric car well for most of us we can't afford electric cars at this point or put solar panels on your house but most of us can't afford to put solar panels on our house so you say oh well that doesn't really apply to me because I don't have a choice in that but when you say hey you know, yeah. forego animal products and replace them with an with plant products. That's something everybody can do. It's the most affordable food on the planet. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't require you to do anything special. It's literally the simplest, easiest thing you can do to help the planet. And then all of a sudden, it becomes a real thing. And so, how can an organization again tell to encourage people to change how they eat if they're not themselves willing to do it? Uh, that's something you brought up uh, while watching. I like immediately started thinking about what I eat and just having like flashbacks of everything and I just wanted to ask about the main one for me that I use every day is, is milk and if there's like some sort of alternative for that. And dairy products in particular are super hard for a lot of people to give up and yeah. one of the reasons that it's hard to give up and it's something that we cover in the next film that Kip Anderson and I did called What the Health 
is that dairy is super addictive. And that's not like a, a exaggeration. Uh, yep. All animal milks have uh, a hormone called casomorphine. And casomorphine is, is an opiate. It, it, it's like morphine, right? So it affects mm -hmm. our brain. So cow's milk has 10 times more casomorphine in it than human breast milk does. And so it triggers this dopamine response in our brains. And so then when you take milk and you condense, for example, down into cheese, those casomorphines get increased even more. So you can have a hundred times more casomorphine in it than human breast milk. So it's just super addictive. Um, there are thankfully literally hundreds of alternatives to cow or animal-based milks. There's, you know, flax milk, hemp milk, soy milk, almond milk, oat milk, I mean, pistachio milk, literally anything you could think of, rice oh, milk. Okay, uh, and, and they're phenomenal. They're so much healthier for you. You know, three quarters of the world's population is lactose intolerant. And we lose the ability to digest lactose after infancy. And so plant-based mm -hmm. milks have also been shown to alleviate so many health problems, so many people who suffer from eczema and stomach aches and all kinds of health implications directly linked to animal uh, milk consumption can be alleviated just by switching to a plant-based milk. And plant-based milks mm. um, around the world are on average cheaper than animal-based milks. They're, they still can be a little bit harder to find, but for example, in the United States and North America, major grocery store chains, uh, even smaller grocery store chains, and I've even seen it at you know dollar stores and you know, discount stores. Yep. have plant-based ones okay yeah, that's great so do you think we as in uh, as in like a society will ever reach a point where uh this change in our diet will become necessary yeah i think that we have reached a point uh long long ago reached a point where it's absolutely necessary for us to switch over to a plant-based diet i mean right now mm -hmm. there's less than an acre of farmable <laughs> land per person on the planet and yet the average american requires almost two acres of land to produce the food they need so in order for the world to eat the way u.s americans eat we would need close to three other planets um yeah, so we if, yeah with, you know as we get closer and closer to eight billion people and projected onto 10 billion people, we're going to have to switch to a plant-based diet. If we care about climate change at all, you know, leading, one of the leading causes of climate change is animal agriculture because deforestation and then the animals produce a tremendous amount of uh, greenhouse gases, particularly methane and nitrous oxide, which are more potent at trapping heat in the atmosphere than CO2 from burning fossil fuels. If we want to stave off the most detrimental impacts of climate change, we're going to have to change our diets. I mean, there was a study that came out about two years ago from University of Illinois and climate healers that showed that if we took all the world's land that was formerly grass, that was formerly forest, that is now grassland that's used to uh, raise and graze livestock, we were allowed those grasslands to revert back to forest, we'd be able to sequester 265 gigatons from the Earth's atmosphere, which is more than we've emitted since the industrial era began. So we'd be able to literally um, reverse and go back to a pre-industrial era in our climate simply by getting rid of grass-fed livestock. And so that, I mean, just that alone, we can stop climate change. Um, you know, half of the world's grain is fed to, to non-human animals, but I'm close to a billion people go hungry or starving every single day. You know, there's 800, 800 million uh, human beings who don't get enough calories every single day, and yet we are yeah. feeding perfectly edible grains and resources to non-human animals so that people in developed countries can eat those animals. Um, I think we are long past the point that this is absolutely essential that we switch towards a plant-based yeah. diet. Do I think it'll ever fully happen? No, I don't think. I think that there are people 
um, particularly uh, indigenous communities who are living a traditional way of life, who have mm -hmm. for millennia depended upon uh, using and consuming animals. I think those communities will continue. Um, but I think for the rest of us who have based our civilizations on uh, agriculture, on plant cultivation, that we absolutely can and should switch to a plant-based diet. Made a whole full documentary about it. It's called the Hell. It's on Netflix as well. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I, I was just about to ask, um, what, which, which one of your other projects should I watch to like serve as a as a follow up to this one? I would, I would recommend What the Health. Um, it yeah. was the direct follow up to Caspers. While we were making Caspers, we wanted to improve health and uncover the impacts of eating animals. Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna I'll watch that later today. Um, yeah, that was. I only needed uh, 15 minutes, but this is this is great. Pushed on for longer than I thought. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to thank you for doing this. Uh, yeah, it's no been worries. a great it's experience talking to you. I've learned a f ton, honestly. <laughs> a f surprise. Almost learned more than this than the, the actual documentary itself. So yeah. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, this uh, doing interviews, I try and put in the information that we didn't make it into the film. We also did two companion books with Cowspiracy, and that covered even more stats and statistics. I mean, there's only so much information you can into 90 minutes. So oh, it just goes yeah. on and on. And if, yeah, you check out the Cowspiracy website, there's even more yeah. information. Yeah, I'll be sure to do that. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, again, thanks oh. for reaching out. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. All right, take care. You too. Have a good one. Bye. All right. That, that will be all for me today. As always, I appreciate all of you who tuned in and listened to, uh, listened to someone else rambling this time. But, uh, yeah, I hope, I hope you all learned anything useful from this. Uh, maybe you didn't learn something, but either way, I'm sure, you know, you can perceive it however you will. There's probably some new info here, some eye-opening stuff. Uh, but, yeah. Until next time, it's been the Young Cast. Peace out.